Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And Jesus, he has equipped you as well. The scripture tells us to put on the put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies and tricks of the devil. That Jesus, he has armed you to deal with the challenges of life, to deal with the spears that come your way. And Jesus protects you as well. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. It has been said that God always wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. But in order for that to happen, there must be a breakthrough. That godly breakthrough will always take you to a better place and make you more of the person God created you to be. Is that the kind of breakthrough you desire in your life? Do you desire a godly breakthrough in your marriage, in your finances, in your faith, or in some other area of your life? The hope of this series of sermons is that you will experience God's breakthrough in all of the areas of your life that are falling short. His breakthrough often won't bring what we want. Instead, it will bring better than we could ever imagine. Our prayer is through this series, you will be able to experience a breakthrough that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Please enjoy the message. with us. We were going to lunch after church, and and as we're driving along, um, we come into this parking lot that was packed. There was not a spot around, and so we turn the corner, and just at the right time, it's that holy moment when somebody pulls out right in the front, when you're pulling in, and they pull out, and I see it, and I'm thinking, this is great. I've been doing the Lord's work today. The Lord is rewarding. God is good. The car pulls out. We pull right in, go inside, have a nice lunch. I come out, and there's a note on my car. I'm like, well, what is this? And so I I pick up the note, and, and I read the note, and this is what the note says to me. Hope your kid learns manners from someone other than you, you and, but they didn't put the symbols there. You know, they, they actually put the whole, the real name that they had for me. And I'm, I read this note and I'm thinking, what is this? Why is somebody leaving a note like this on my car? Didn't they, I was doing the Lord's work. What's going on? What is happening? Why are they calling me names? And Laura, Laura says, you know what? When, now that I'm thinking about it, when, you, when that car pulled out and you pulled in, I think there was another car waiting for that spot. And I thought, well, I didn't know that. I didn't see them. I wasn't cutting them off. I wasn't trying to cut in there. I didn't deserve this note. But they felt like I had done them a wrong, even though I didn't even realize I had done them a wrong. And they had to get even. They had to get back at me. They had to hurl one of those spears. And what do you do when somebody hurls a spear at you? When they throw a rock at you? When they're shooting at you? What are you supposed to do? Well, the first thing that you got to do as we look at David that he did is this. First thing that he did is you don't get hit. (laughs) It kind of goes without saying you don't get hit. But what does that mean? What do I mean by that? Because obviously somebody says something to you, you're going to hear it. If somebody physically does something to you, you're probably going to feel it. What do I mean? I'm talking about bitterness here. See, David, in this case, he alluded the, he alluded the spears twice. That's what happened with David. But what I'm talking about with you is 
is when somebody hurts you, are you going to allow that hurt to seep, seep deep into your heart? Are you going to think about it? Are you going to stew on it? Are you going to allow it to cause you to lose sleep at night? That's what I'm talking about. That's what we mean when you get hit. I have a family member of mine. Um, she, she's a woman who, who just despises the opposite sex. She despises men. But yet she's always looking for one. It's one of those deals. And, and I've seen this occur again and again and again and again throughout her life. That, that she'll meet a man and there's romance, there's candy, there's flowers, there's, there's, oper- there's potential. And then like all men, he, did something, he does something wrong. We do something wrong. It's just the way it goes, ladies. We just do something. We do this. This is the way we, the way we are. So he does something wrong and he can never get back right with her again. And we just see this play out again and again. And they, he tries, and no matter how hard he tries, he's never going to even out the scale. And inevitably, he just gives up. And he moves on. And then she has another reason to continue to be bitter. And then the cycle goes again and again and again. And now she's really at a place in life where that cycle is probably not going to repeat. She's just alone. And she's always going to be alone because she's just so bitter. I like how this person says at Malachi McCourt, bitterness is like taking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Because <laughs> that's what it is. And when you get hit by hurt and you allow it to seep deep into your hearts, you're just going to get bitter and then you're wanting to get even with somebody else. But the reality is, is you're the one that's really getting hurt by it. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Because if, the monst- if you focus on the malice of the monster in your life, it will eat you alive, even as you're thinking that you're getting even. And so he says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger because you're never going to be able to love others the way that God is calling you to love them if you hang on to that. And so it makes sense. You don't get even. You don't get hit. What was the second thing that we learned from David? Is you don't throw it back when somebody throws a spear at you. They say the word, you don't try to throw, you don't try to say something back to them. They they hurt you, you don't try to hurt them back. You know, the Bible says it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When David had a spear thrown at him, he just eluded it and ran off. But he didn't grab the spear out of the wall and throw it back at Saul because he knew that wouldn't lead to anything good. And it rarely does because things just escalate and they escalate and escalate. And somebody has to inevitably lead in that situation and stop that, those actions in their track. I had a friend of mine growing up that he just, he just always had to get even. And if you did something to him, you rest assured that he's coming back at you even harder than you came at him. And I remember sitting in a steak and shake restaurant and we're just, we're 17 years old. We're having fun with him. And so one of us grabbed a salt shaker and we're throwing salt in his pants under the table. And he doesn't even notice for like five minutes. And he has this pile of salt in his pants when he finally notices. So what does he do? What does he do? Well, he doesn't grab a salt shaker and have some fun with us. No, no. He grabs a knife and he starts jabbing us under the table because that's just what you do when you're a spear thrower. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And that was funny when we were 16. It was funny when we were 17. And then we were 25. He had to get in a fight with one of our friends. And now none of us even want to hang around him anymore. None of us even keep up with him because we just, we couldn't handle his antics. He never learned to stop being a spear thrower. It just doesn't do you any good. I've shared this story before on social media, so, so you may be familiar with it. But James Dobson received a letter several years ago from James Dobson, the founder of Focus on the Family and author of many family books. He received a letter from a woman years ago about the consequence of trying to get even with others. And so she tells a story of one morning being in a hurry, needing to get to a meeting, and picking out her favorite dress to go to this meeting. Well, her husband's not in a hurry, and and when he's not in a hurry, he was inclined to have a little bit of fun with her, so she asks him to zip up the back of her dress. So he grabs a hold of the zipper on the back of her dress, and he zips it up a little bit, and then goes zip, 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 and he broke the zipper. The zipper broke on her dress. Well, she was not happy that he broke the zipper on her favorite dress, and now she is probably gonna be late to this meeting, so she runs in, changes her clothes, Gets to work, makes it there just on time, but stressed out, aggravated all day. Comes home, pulls in the driveway, sees her husband working under the car. She decides that she's going to have a little fun with him, get even with him. So she grabs right between his legs, grabs all the zippers. He makes a little bit of movement. And then she just feels very proud of herself, goes inside, walks through the hallway into the kitchen where her husband is sitting. So... She says, what are you doing here? And he says, I live here. What do you mean, what am I doing here? She she said, you're supposed to be in the garage. And he said, no, that's the neighbor. He's helping me with the car. (laughs) So they run outside in the driveway, and there's the neighbor. He hasn't moved an inch because when she grabbed that zipper, he popped up, knocked himself out cold (laughs) under the car. (laughs) And after that, she had quite a bit of explaining to do to his wife. And as she writes this letter, she makes the point to Dobson that getting even just doesn't pay. And indeed it doesn't. And if you're going to handle the rocks that are thrown at you, the spears that are thrown at you in life, you have to decide well in advance that you're not going to retaliate. 
Because if you don't, let me see this. If you do retaliate, that Saul in your heart will begin to take over. And it will just be a matter of time before, before you are, like Saul, ruled by paranoia, fear, anger, and all sorts of other emotions. That's where it always takes us. And as the text goes on, we find that with David, the men step forward. Well, I'm sorry, this is a story I want to read to you before we get to David. The story here is of Jesus and what he exemplified for us and taught us when Peter um, was not too happy about Jesus being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so Judas comes forward, kisses Jesus, and then this is what the text says. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for a sword, drew it out, struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. And this is the lesson. Put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. If you're trying to get even with people, if you're trying to rule and stay in your position or whatever position you're in by force, inevitably, that's the only way you'll be able to stay in that place. And Jesus is trying to teach them a different way because God's kingdom does not expand. It does not grow in your heart and in our world by force, but only by love. And Jesus goes on, do you not think I cannot, I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? What he's saying is, it doesn't seem right to you, but God has a greater plan in place and these prophecies are gonna be fulfilled. And when we respond back to people with hate and anger and paranoia and frustrations, and we're trying to respond back by throwing the spear, what Jesus is telling us all then is that God has a greater plan. You don't have to retaliate that way. Now, coming back to our story, but David, the third lesson we learn is that you can't live life alone. If you're going to survive spear throwing, spear throwers, and you're going to avoid becoming a spear thrower, spear thrower you have to have people in your life who love you, who care about you, and are going to tell you that you're bitter, are going to tell you that you're retaliating the wrong way. You have to have people in your life that are willing to say, you know what, I understand that you're hurt, I understand that you're angry, but the way that you're going about this isn't the right way. If we get caught up in this game, it never ends. And David had that kind of a person in his life, and that person in his life's name was Jonathan. And Jonathan was stepping into his life on multiple occasions and saying, David, I know you're trying to navigate all this. You need to understand my father wants to kill you. If anybody in the story deserved grace and mercy and even deserved to be bitter, it was Jonathan. He was the prince. He was in line to be king, but he realized that God had a different plan. And so he became a friend with David. Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And so David and Jonathan are one in spirit. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing, and he gave it to David. And along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. And so these are incredible things that are happening in this text between David and Jonathan and how Jonathan looking out for David. And Jonathan comes to David and he says, my father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in this secret place and hide. And there Jonathan would meet him. He would warn him and David would have to leave 
with that. Now, I need to qualify all of this because people read this from a modern day standpoint with some of the issues that we have in our world, specifically as it deals with sexuality. And they say, well, of course, David and Jonathan had some type of a homosexual relationship. That's, that's how people will read that often from today's perspective. But that's not at all what is going on here. They were friends. They were close. We can't read the Bible from our modern day perspective of a sexualized culture and say these two were, had something more than just friendship. Now the Bible tells us this, that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. I was thinking about that specifically, and and again, I know I have to make this point because often people will use this to validate certain behaviors, and that's not what's going on here. But when I was 17, 16, 17, my best friend, who was closer than a brother, and he's still my best friend, we slept in the same bed for years. I mean, we spent the night together hundreds of times. But I mean, and people would look at that today and think, well, there must be something going on, but that wasn't the case. We were just friends. When you read these kind of stories, Jonathan and David are friends. They are close. And you know what? If you want to have somebody who's going to really look out for your best interests, and is going to say, it looks like you're being bitter, it looks like you're trying to get even, you're going to really need to be close with them. And what did Jonathan do to David? Notice what he did. He made a covenant, he clothed him, he armed him, and he protected him. And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, I don't think I have a friend like that in my life. Well, if you believe in Jesus, you do. Because Jesus has made a covenant with you. And this is what he said. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And he's promised to be that way. Jesus has clothed you as well. And I love what he's done whenever it says he has clothed you. In Revelation, it says white garments that he has given you, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And so Jonathan has essentially crowned David king by giving him this robe, by giving him all that he does, the, the, the armor and everything else. And then Jesus takes it a step further because Jesus not only clothes us, 
but then he takes on our rags. We get his righteousness. This is what the Bible says, that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He took on our sin. We get his righteousness that we might become the righteousness of God. You've got that kind of a friend in Jesus. And Jesus, he has equipped you as well. The scripture tells us to put on, the, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies and tricks of the devil. That Jesus, he has armed you to deal with the challenges of life, to deal with the spears that come your way. And Jesus protects you as well. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is that friend to you, and you have a choice. And here is your choice today when spears come your way to either focus on the malice of your monster or the kindness of your Savior. And let me say it another way don't treat others as they have treated you, treat others the way that God has treated you. And how has God treated you? That he demonstrated his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, let's just say it this way, while we were throwing spears at him, while we were throwing rocks at God with the lives that we were living, and we may not have done it directly, but maybe even indirectly, we have hurt him. What did he do when we hurt him? He didn't try to get even with us, but while we were still hurting him, Christ died for us. And so here's the thing. You came into this room with some rocks that you were carrying. Some things that have been hurled at you. Maybe they were stories. Maybe they were actions. Maybe they were from family members. Maybe there's some baggage that you're carrying around with you. I've had these conversations with people and, I, and I'm always... I'm always amazed whenever somebody says something like, I just pick it up and I carry it along with me. You don't have to live that way. God doesn't want you to carry this kind of hurt because you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to, get, you're going to get rid of it and you're going to throw it back at them or you're just going to carry it with you. And guess what happens when you do that? You never live the life that he died for you to live. That abundant life because you're going to have your hands full of rocks that you're carrying, or you're going to be dealing with retaliation from those you're trying to get even with. But what we have to do is we got to take this container that is ours and look at God's container. And we take all this hurt and we just pour it into here and we give it to him so we can experience what he wants us to experience. And what does he want you to experience? He says, come to me, all you who are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. And what does this kind of an action do for us? Well, it does this. To not be overcome with evil, but to overcome evil with good. And every time, every day, every day that we meet together like this, we have a time of communion in which we get to remember the fact that God has gone before us. That God, he is the one that has showered us with his grace and his love. That he is the king of kings. And he is greater than all that we deal with in this life. And that he has given us this grace and this love and this mercy and this compassion and the sacrifice of Christ. Not because he wanted to get even with us, but because he wanted to get us. And so here in a moment, we're going to encourage you to take communion.
And in this time of communion, you will take the, that cracker that represents his body that was broken, the juice that represents his blood that was shed, and you will remember the sacrifice that he made for you and for me. And if you're somebody who needs to make a breakthrough when it relates to this topic that we just talked about, we have some elders that will be available to, for you on the side of the room, and they would love to pray with you, talk with you, encourage you, as maybe you're sorting through how you handle the spear throwers in your life. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll continue in our service. Father, we are grateful that you are greater than all of our hurt and our pain. And we're grateful, Father, that you have demonstrated for us how we ought to respond. That Jesus, on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they, know what they, what, for they do not know what they do. And in that same way, God, may we be a people who are willing to look at others who hurt us and say, God, they don't know what they're doing. They don't realize the gravity of this. Father, forgive them. Father, help me to forgive them. And in this moment, Lord, remind us of the forgiveness we have received. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.